Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Cynthia Wilson, Worship Executive and Director of Liturgical Resources. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, the Director of Music Ministries. And friends, during this time of transition from virtual to in-person and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders all over the country to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worship with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today's episode will focus on the upcoming worship series for the end of lectionary year B and the start of year C in November with Advent. So much has happened in the last few months. Still, worship is what keeps bringing us together week after week, whether it's online, hybrid, experiencing uh, each other or in person with masks or even outdoors. There are just so many ways our churches continue to gather and bring hope to our community. So whatever way you're worshiping right now, here are some insights into the upcoming series. So Derek, would you start us off on this conversation about our upcoming worship series? I would love to do that. And and to be clear, there, there are multiple series. <laughs> series is one of those words that's hard to, to make plural. Series is, is we have a number of series. <laughs> We're in a series. We have other series that are to come, both to finish up year B and to start year A. But, but before we look at those individual series, I wanted to back up a moment and talk mm-hmm. about the resources that we provide and, and how you and your local church, your local worship team uh, might utilize the series. What we do is we look at the lectionary and we pull out of that uh, themes and ideas and images that we can put together and and hook them into into series. And some of the series are very short series. Some of the series are standalone series, just a single Sunday, and and others go a little longer. So if you want to follow our patterns, you're welcome to do that. And you can use the graphics and, and the themes and all the titles that we have. If, however, you're a week-by-week preacher and worship leader and you don't want to use the whole series, there's still plenty of help that you can find on our site. Don't abandon the, the uncdiscipleship.org worship planning pages just because you're choosing not to do the series. Go ahead and take a look. Look at the suggestions we make about worship, suggestions we make about music and liturgy and see how you can pull out themes of that, even the preaching notes, while they're written to match up a series, they can also stand alone as well. The idea is we provide seeds to help you get started. We don't give you sermons. We don't give you an outline of the service. We give you some seeds, and hopefully that you can take them and till them and put them together. So as we present a series, don't feel you're locked into this. Um, We believe it might help. 
and, and provide a sense of flow in the worship life of your congregation, but, but you may have a different pattern in mind, and that's okay, too. We just want to resource you for however you decide to do worship. But we are in the midst of the season after Pentecost, now that long summer season, and we have broken it up into a number of series. We are right in the midst of, of a series we titled Doers of the Word. It's based on the epistle of James from the lectionary. And we've got a few more weeks of that left, and you could take a look at the weekly themes in there, but it's all about how we live out our faith. James is an inspiration to putting, putting our faith into action and life, or the life of a disciple, uh, based on the, the epistle from James. So that's where we are now. That goes through September 26th, um, is the last Sunday of that. And then we're, we've challenged you to take a risk at uh, this fall. We have a short series, a four-week series from the Old Testament lesson, the book of Job. Now, let's be honest, how many of you have preached from the book of Job more than a one-off kind of thing? It's not a common practice, and yet we felt like this year, if any year, after all we've been through and all that is still before us, if there is a, a time we need to hear the words that come from Job and Job's experience, this is that year. So we're challenging you to take a look at least at the series that begins the first Sunday of October and runs through most of the month of October. It, it, it um, ends October 24th, as I said, four weeks, and it takes a lectionary reading from the book of Job. You're not going to read the whole book of Job in church. That would be overwhelming. But you take bits from that and experience that. And I believe that as part of the wisdom literature, Job has a lot to say to us in this day. When we're dealing with suffering, when we're dealing with struggle, when we're dealing with the difficulty and sometimes even the absence of God, and how do we face that together? So I challenge you to, to at least take a look at the series we titled Born to Trouble. That's how Job describes himself, born to trouble, um, meaning that things are going to happen. Stuff happens. That's the, the nice way to say that, I guess. Uh, so pay attention to, to that series. And even if you choose not to do the series, take a look at some of the themes and some of the words that come in the different weeks of that series in October. I think it might inspire you in your preaching to your congregation. Then we think again this year, like we suggested last year, that All Saints Day ought to stand on its own. Have a, so we have a standalone series, a one-week series we call Not Far From the Kingdom. It's time to embrace the promises of eternity, even in today, and let's, let's live into that. The Sunday, of course, is actually uh, October 31st, so it's Halloween. So there are all those different images and words and experiences that are coming together as we in the church face what it means to be called a saint of God, and what is that promise? And so here's an opportunity for us to both mourn those who have passed, and in some cases, some of those families were not able to mourn properly because of all that has been going on. And so now it's time for the whole community together to mourn those who are no longer with us, even as we celebrate eternity and the fact that they are still a part of our family in name, in memory, but also in this thing we call eternity in the kingdom of God. So we have a standalone called Not Far From the Kingdom. And then we finish up year B 
with those three weeks in November. And here again, we come back to answering the question, what does it mean to live a life of faith? We call it a life that matters. And we take a look at three encounters that Jesus has in the Gospels as he deals with people and helps them understand a little bit more about what it means to have a life that matters. And so we have that series that finishes up, finishes with the reign of Christ Sunday, or what we used to call um, Christ the King Sunday, uh, as a way of finishing up that year before we then launch into a whole new year. You remember New Year's, new Year's um, Day in liturgical terms is actually the first Sunday of Advent, and this year that's November 28th. And so we have our series that we've titled Come Home for Christmas with all the, those images of that that brings to mind of returning back to the family. Maybe your church has, has not yet come back. I know that there are some churches that are still worshiping virtually. Many are back, of course, but, but maybe this is your first Christmas back. And so let's come home. Let's come home to not necessarily the place we live, but the place we find our meaning, the place we find our, our hope. So come home for Christmas is the Advent series. Now, all of these are up already on our website. You can take a look. Um, some of you have been planning ahead. Uh, we are trying to move a little further out so that we can get some things to you, even though that means that the contextualizing is going to take your input because uh, stuff happens that wasn't happening when we wrote it six months ago or more. So, so you take what we provide and then you add in the world events or the local church events or your community events to make it speak to your moment where you are. Um, so, so Advent, I know, is on everybody's mind right now. This is the time of year as, as we come into September and October that we begin to think, how are we going to celebrate that? So, so we've provided those resources and invite you to enter into that. We also move into, um, after Christmas, Advent series and Christmas tide. then there's the Epiphany series or the Ordinary Time series. We have this wrestling event that takes place both within the worship team and other worship leaders in the church. Where does Epiphany fall? Epiphany <laughs> is January 6th, which is often not a Sunday. And so what I have chosen to do is to take January 2nd, as the last day of the Advent Christmas Tide series, come home for Christmas and celebrate that as a covenant Sunday. That's an experience that, that I use often in my preaching and, and worship leading in the churches that I serve. I spent a time in Great Britain and in the British Methodist Church, Covenant Sunday is a very important event. And so I adopted and adapted that, and many of you do that as well. And so we left January 2nd as a part of Christmas Tide which means in that January 9th, the next Sunday, we've combined both the Epiphany message and the baptism of the Lord message. Some may choose to move Epiphany back to the second. That's what many lectionary calendars do. So if you look at a lectionary calendar, in fact, the one that we produce, you'll see different readings than the ones we chose to use for January 2nd. That's because we're using the, the Christmas tide readings for January 2nd and not the January 6th Epiphany readings. But you could end the Come Home for Christmas series earlier. Uh, you could end it with the last Sunday of Advent and then do something different for Christmas and the Sunday after Christmas, and then have Epiphany start on January 2nd. So you're free to, to do with it as you will, but just so that you understand what we created, our, 
our come home for Christmas is both anticipating and then living into Christmas tide is the experience of Christmas. How do you hold on to that experience for a little bit longer? That's one of the struggles we always have mm. in our faith. Christmas well, is over and nothing seems to have changed. Well, maybe something has changed if we look a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Derek, I think um, what you're talking about using the Wesleyan Covenant Service, especially in this year of 2022, at the beginning of this calendar year, but also as the end of this uh, Advent Christmas Epiphany season, is so apropos thinking about General Conference, hopefully happening or in some fashion or form. But, you know, even thinking about using that covenant service as a launching point for the church to be in prayer for the subsequent weeks and and months leading up to the general conference time. Um, You know, when you first introduced this to us, I thought, well, you're just being a renegade. You're just trying to, to do something different just to make people talk about it. But I think you're modeling something really um, uh, powerful and and challenging at the same time. You're modeling that, you know, the scripture leads us to think about um, a portion of time a certain way. And just because something is printed there somewhere, you know, doesn't mean we have to go that direction. We can live out what the scripture is saying in, in, in this place here. And, and again, thinking about how this affects the our community of faith for, for the next several months. Yeah, I, I really think that the covenant service is, is an important service for us to do. Did, did you realize that in the British Methodist Church, technically, and I know technically and practically aren't necessarily the same thing, but technically the membership of every British Methodist Church on December 31st is zero. Everybody has to renew on the first Sunday of the year. And so your membership is for a year at a time. And at the end of that year, you say, yes, yes, I want to continue to follow Christ. And yes, I want to continue to follow Christ through this community, this church that I belong to. And so then you receive your ticket. Uh, They have tickets for, for membership in the British Methodist Church. Now, Again, the practicality is nobody assumes they've left the church or, or they're not a member anymore. But but there's a there's a meaning behind that that says I have to say yes again. I have to claim yeah. that. And and as you said, with so many things coming up, as well as so many things that we've been through, I think it's an appropriate time for us to say yes. I'm ready to continue this journey with this congregation in this place at this time. And it, and it can be, as well as an individual exercise where I make that promise, it can be a community building exercise and we're all in this together. And there's, mm-hmm. there's something celebratory about that too. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and then we go just to, just to give you a little word because it is, like I said, it is up on our site. Uh, the Ordinary Time series after Epiphany is called Love Never Ends. And it's based on Paul's letter to the Corinthians, mostly 1 Corinthians. But Transfiguration Sunday then uh, in February comes from 2 Corinthians. So so it's a little different approach. And again, you could pull this all together and use the themes as we want, as as we present them. Or you can create your own experience about that, listening to whichever of the texts that you want to use. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in here now and talk a little bit about some of the music that um, the, that um, is there for you to look at for all of these series. So again, with every series, you will have a, on the left side, on the website, 
a variety of resources. One is the hymn suggestions, and these are suggestions for um, songs for your congregation to sing that come from the variety of songbooks that we have in our church. Everything from um, Zion Still Sings to Worship and Song, The Faith We Sing, the United Methodist Hymnal, Mil Voces. Uh, there's a whole lot of uh, different resources that are there. And then um, the, the hymn suggestions are based on the lectionary readings for each Sunday. So you always have that. What I do is take um, what Derek has uh, developed, those preaching notes and, and worship series notes. And then um, I basically curate a list for you that I think you might find helpful as you're doing your worship planning and working music director and pastor together, I hope. So in this uh, series that we're presently in, which is called um, Doers of the Word, based on the James passage, there's a, um, what I've tried to do is to give you some theme songs. I look at all the scriptures for the, uh, the whole season and then uh, give you some songs because that's the way I would do it in the local church. I try to find some of the connectors that I can use every week. Sometimes it's a new song that you teach over the four to six weeks. And how wonderful is that? You, you've just you know, added some more, another song to your repertoire. Sometimes it's a very familiar song and you might just want to use one verse of it and it might move around week to week. It might be an introit one week and it might be a centering song the next week. So, you know, there's a whole variety of ways that you can do this. Um, but with this seat, uh, with this worship series, um, I really enjoyed looking at some of the songs from other cultures uh, Jesu Tawapano is a, an, a good centering song, and it's a good song for children to learn and to be able to sing. And it's very simple to sing it in the African language and also in English. Um, another one is Jesu, Jesu, fill us with your love, the Ghana song that we've all come to love now that's been in our repertoire. Um, a Place at the Table, that's in worship and song, another really good song for this series. So doers of the word based on the James passage. Now, as Derek was talking about Job, the series built around Job, we certainly want to help people um, find that sense of assurance, even when we have hard times, these dark places that we all have to walk sometimes. So we want to give, those, give them those songs that will help them feel that God's presence with us. And um, so some of the theme songs that I suggested and service music for this series were um, El Shaddai, which is in our hymnal, United Methodist hymnal, um, God of the Sparrow, God of the Whale, another really beautiful uh, song with great imagery, um, Give to the Winds Thy Fears, another, that's an oldie and a goodie <laughs> from uh, years past. But something very new by Chris Tomlin, God of Wonders, Beyond Your Majesty, you know, You Are Holy. That's in worship and song. Um, and goodness is stronger than evil. That's another one that at this time when we're reading about Job and all the awful things that befall him, that still goodness is, is stronger than all of that. So those are just some, some ideas. And then for each Sunday, I try to give you some different ideas on anthems or give you some ideas uh, through YouTube videos that you can look at. And hopefully 
give you the courage and the, the permission to try something new. Um, Cause that's, uh, that's, I think for, it always excites me to, to teach something new. The, the standalone day, which is not far from the kingdom, which is also the, the Sunday that we're going to celebrate all saints. Well, I, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot that I would suggest here, except that find those songs that are meaningful to your congregation. It might be for all the saints, number 711. Um, I know many, many churches, that is an opening song on, on all saints, um, it could be soon and very soon, hymn of promise. So those are some of the ones that we all know and love and have uh, have heard before. I've also included some some newer songs from the contemporary tradition. Um, I will rise, blessed, how blessed. Um, so just take a look at all of those. There's a lot of good things there. And then um, as we go to come home for Christmas. Oh, I think I skipped the um, when a life that matters. So I'm going to live so God can use me. I just thought that that was such a great theme song for that life that matters um, series. And then something that I saw again and again as I was looking at the hymns and songs were Tize pieces, songs from the community of Tize, which are very reflective and contemplative and uh, reassuring. Um, and also help us sort of think about our calling. Mm -hmm. I, so I think this might be a really good time to consider having a Tizé service, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, on a Sunday evening or a Wednesday evening. And, and this can be done in an open space like a gym or a big uh, fellowship hall and spread out so that there doesn't have to be a lot of, you know, uh, overlap of people if that's a concern for you in your community. Um, and there can be stations and, and you don't even have to touch anything at the stations. You know, you can be looking at things and reflecting sort of a Visio Divina uh, idea there. But yeah, today's service during this this um, series could be really powerful. And then finally, I just want to talk about the Advent Christmas Epiphany series. Um, a place again, once again, there are three Three theme songs that I wanted to lift up, Gather Us In, um, and this is from The Faith We Sing, another one that's become a great favorite. And um, I'll also give you here in many of my curated lists, the History of Hymns link, so that you can go and read the history of, of that hymn um, and uh, get to know it a little bit more and, and share some of that when you introduce it to your congregation if they don't already know that song um, a place, so yeah, gather us in, a place at the table I brought back again. Um, and then one of my all-time favorites, and I don't know how many of you might already know this, I want to walk as a child of the light. Mm -hmm. that, that, yeah, that refrain, in him there is no darkness at all. Um, it's just so powerful. And so, again, I give you the History of Hymns um, article link on, on the website. Um uh, a really fun one for this series that uh, I've just taught by rote and using a drum. It's called He Came Down. It's from Cameroon, I, I think, if I'm. Yeah. 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 And it's so fun. And you can actually. Great piece. Yeah. Process mm -hmm. with it, add instruments to it. You know, people can uh, use their hands on the back of the pews to make 
uh, percussion sounds, and it's just fun. So that's a great service music piece that you can um, uh, use as part of the offertory, as a part of call to worship, as a going forth. There's just so many places you can put that. So that gives you an idea of my thinking when I'm looking at the worship series and how I can give you some ideas of taking just a few of these songs and maybe using them, excuse me, to enrich your service. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All of those, I I just felt like just taking a break and breaking out in song. (laughs) All of those are some of my favorites, Diana. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for reminding us of those pieces that are right underneath our noses in our own resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, Friends, just a gentle reminder that while our United Methodist Book of Worship and our hymnal uh, both serve as a comprehensive guide for liturgical celebrations, Mostly, it represents a historical high church ethos, which is born out of the Anglican church. And so with that said, we want to keep, you want you to keep in mind uh, that we shouldn't be uh, myopic in terms of our view of the resources and guide uh, resources for our planning processes. Uh, Liturgical celebrations should never grow out of just one context, right? But rather out of the riches of what has been as well as what is becoming, yeah, both um, traditional as well as contemporary, out of, out of the plethora of spaces and, and times and cultures that intentionally include our own particularities. So uh, I, I'd like to offer just a few resources that might shepherd your liturgical choices in your planning from week to week that organically grow out of community experiences. Our very own Upper Room Worship book, Music for Liturgies for Spiritual Formation, is available to you. And you can can find that on our our website or or you can even go to Amazon, but that's a resource that is chock full of wonderful liturgical ideas and morsels and uh, pieces that you might consider using for your celebrations. Um, I call the name Dr. Ruth C. Duck, one of the foremost liturgical gurus now retired from Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary, has offered authored two amazing resources that uh, are published through Westminster John Knox Press. And they are Worship for the Whole People of God, Vital Worship for the 21st Century, along with its second edition. You you really will do yourself proud to to, uh, make sure that you have this in your libraries. It's a wonderful read and a wonderful resource. Dr. Duck has also provided us with a resource entitled Finding Words for Worship. And this is a guide for worship leaders. And it's a much needed how-to book for creating unique and creative worship resources. It includes prayers and hymns and even sermons. And she presents methods and models for creating these new resources while remaining scripturally relevant, as well as mindful of inclusive language concerns. This is an invaluable guide for those involved in writing or even evaluating worship services. 
uh, alongside Patricia Wilson Kastner, Dr. Duck has done a resource entitled Praising God, the Trinity and Christian Worship. This collaborative resource I have found to be a true treasure. It is running over with liturgical pieces, also including prayers and other texts and samples of uh, calls to worship, etc. And it doesn't confine us to a single formula or a narrow range of images. Uh, new forms of language are essential if we're prop- properly to praise the unnamed, all-named triune God. Uh, you can find some bilingual versions of general services for Christian worship in the United Methodist tradition uh, in a resource called a basic resource for worship planners and worship leaders. Yes. Now, this resource is available in several global languages, and it includes customs and musics <laughs> and practices and symbols uh, while connecting historical and ecumenical framework for Christian worship. Uh, many of you are familiar with our Africana worship series. It includes three volumes, each focusing on the liturgical years A, B, and C. These are original resources that have come from our pastors, our practitioners, our seminarians, our professors, etc., from the Africana context. And they begin mm-hmm. with 21 questions that worship leaders and planners might consider when preparing liturgical Amen. celebrations with an Africana focus. Now, coming real soon, I want you to get excited. Uh, our pa- podcast that's coming <laughs> up in a few weeks that will reintroduce our team's resource, uh, which is entitled Forming Disciples Through Worship. As a team, we believe that worship has always been about shaping disciples uh, and growing them into mature leaders, followers of Jesus. And so our resource, Forming Disciples Through Worship, walks us through the ways in which, yes, I did say that worship helps to form disciples. It's not just in the street, but it begins in the worship experience. If you don't already have it, I encourage you to go find it. It's along, it's our website has a a group of supporting booklets under the See All the People Guides for Congregations and ours Mm -hmm. is there. So go and take a look at it. Now, my friends, these are all exciting resources. I hope you feel that um, uh, for your planning processes, but We want to encourage you also to seek the gifts and graces right within your own communities. Uh, You probably have some amazing gifted folk right with you in your faith community, persons who bring incredible creative gifts of writing. Who are those persons uh, who have the gift of writing that could speak to the actual life of your local congregation in prayer, in litanies, in calls to worship, in spoken word? Who are those young people who could really uh, translate scripture into a rhythm of spoken word? Are the children's voices being heard in your liturgical celebrations? Maybe helping to read scripture? 
We all look forward to having families stand before the congregation to light the Advent candle, right? But what could also be an option for other seasons that include families, children, youth, young adults? Um, now, one, one more thing that we are excited uh, to share with you is a new project. Uh, it is, it's a new project called the Pentecost Challenge, a liturgical resource for the church to decenter and dismantle whiteness, colonialism, patriarchy in Christian worship. And this project is the brainchild of one of our amazingly gifted clergy women, the Reverend Lydia Munoz. Uh, she's posing the question uh, that I think we should all be asking in this very uh, difficult time. What would happen if we seriously endeavored to decenter whiteness, patriarchy, empire, colonialism from our Christian worship liturgy? How, how would this affect our public witness, our theology, and our weekly worship experiences? Could we take up the work of Pentecost and the challenge to co-create with God a community centered on the principles of love, of justice and equality as we share one sacred image? Now, the scope of her re resource is one tool among many to help congregations do the important work of bringing about Pentecost in our liturgical celebrations. What would happen if we experienced multicultural, bicultural, cross-racial, cross-cultural ministry settings? And so this resource attempts to do just that, Christ-centered, emerging, contextual, relevant, and centered in liberation theology, social justice, to enhance the worship experience uh, during this season when we do, in fact, need to reenact the season of Pentecost and what we were charged to do in that uproom enterprise. I'd like to come back to this idea of what we're providing and, and suggesting our seeds that you then take and create the worship experience. Worship is always contextual. It is in your place. It is, it is in part reflective of who you are. And some churches or some worship leaders may be hearing all this and saying, well, we're not multicultural. We, we don't speak all these other languages. We can't do that. And so, so I don't, I'll shy away from that and, and reflect the things that are here in my congregation. So, yeah, part of worship is reflecting of who you are. But there's also a part, and that's what Cynthia was just challenging us to do, what the Pentecost challenge, what the Africana worship uh, materials, resources challenge us to do, and that is to cast a vision of the kingdom, what we're not yet, but but are growing into, and we are reaching beyond. What what I love about when when Diana talks about singing songs in other languages, she almost always says it's easy. Versus <laughs> one who stumbles with languages, I'll have to say no, it isn't. But, but it's easy if you want to. It's easy if you're excited about it. And some of those songs are simple and they're repetitive, and getting into them grows who we are. So it does cast that vision. It reaches beyond. That's that's what we want to challenge you to do. Take a risk. 
but help people through it. You know, don't assume everybody can just pick it up like that. That's what Diana was saying. How, how do you teach a song, Diana? You know, how, how do you get people involved in that? It's through mm-hmm. repetition and different ways, as you were as you were saying. So let's cast the vision of who we might be. Mm, absolutely. Sounds a little bit like um, what you're winking at uh, happening in the uh, Acts chapter two passage. <laughs> yeah, it is there. It is there. Peter, Peter is trying to get us to see there's possibilities. There's sure. something growing here. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And as we as we look at, as Diana mentioned, General Conference coming up and, and who knows what the church will be. Well, God knows, and we'll put it in God's hand. And what God has in store is always bigger than what we have in mind. Um, and so let's let's tap into God's vision. Let's reach beyond what is comfortable and easy for us. It is so easy to sing the same 12 hymns week after week after week. You know, our canon within the canon in the, in the hymnal. Uh, but there's so much there. Stretch a little bit. Reach a little further. Grab a hold of this spirit that falls at Pentecost and lights us up for something new and something bigger. And so we are inviting you today to stand on tiptoe with us and wait to see what it is that God is going to do in us, through us, over us, underneath us for such a time as this. Thank you so much for joining us today. We certainly hope that this has been somewhat helpful to you. Remember that you can find more information about all of these resources that we've discussed at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. Go there and dig up some of the treasures uh, that I think will be critical to the work that you're doing. We want to tell you that... uh, We think so much of the ministry that you're doing and uh, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, So send us something, send us an email, tell us what you're doing, tell us what you think we ought to be doing or what you hope we will uh, consider doing in the months and weeks to come. But until next time, we are praying for you. We're praying with you and we're praying for your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.